Welcome to episode 70 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Hey, this week has been a good week. Yeah, I'll say that. Same here. Yeah. I feel like I always answer the question. I'm like, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Barely hanging on. But no, I, I think this week was a pretty good week. We're closing out the month and it's been a good month for us. There's been a lot of a lot of exciting things happening in our world. So awesome. I'm grateful. I'm happy. And yesterday was a, a good range day. I'm burnt like a lobster. Yeah, we were supposed to, we we're going to, we we're going to do a podcast yesterday and you're like, nope, heading to the range. I guess you're there all day, huh? Yeah, I was, we went out there first thing in the morning, which was fantastic, man. I, I was actually dreading it because I guess today's Thursday. So Tuesday of this past week was brutal in Pennsylvania. It was just, it was like an August summer day, humidity, the heat, it was over 90 degrees. So when we were deciding to get a range day together, there was a small piece of me that was like, I'm not acclimated to this kind of weather yet. And I was dreading it, but it ended up that the sun was behind clouds all day, which was fantastic for video. We didn't have many harsh shadows or anything like that. And we were showcasing the falling tree, which we've had since 2017 and it's kind of embarrassing for me to admit this, but I've never done a product video on that Hmm. in that entire time. So we've had it for three years. So we, we were talking at one of our marketing meetings about, you know, what would be a good product to showcase or what would be a good next video. And then that topic came up and figured that is the one to, to hammer down this time. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, you know, um, I I, I kind of do the same. I mean, I don't I, I don't have any products I haven't done anything for, but there are. I go I go stretches where where I kind of realize, man, I haven't I haven't really shown how this product works or what it does does for you, and um, yeah, those are all. I was just thinking about that last night. I'm like, man, I I need to make this video. I need to make that video. I need to figure out how to change it up and show how, how this works. And it's, it's so easy just to kind of get into a, you know, especially when sales are going good, you, you, you kind of can sit back a little bit more and just let things happen and, and maybe not try as hard. Right. Uh, but then you kind of realize, man, I haven't really showcased this product and shown how it works and why people need it. And, that's all stuff that I got to. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to think of everything that you need to be showcasing when you're running your business. And sometimes it feels like you're just barely hanging on, let alone being able to plan out some of this content and things that you've got to get done. But the, the falling tree, it's funny. It, it actually sells really well. And there's a ton of people that, that have them and use them. And we made some major, major revisions to the system and you wouldn't know it just from looking at it. But one of the biggest things that we just did was actually take that late. And you've seen that laser cut track that's on the back. Now, before that gets assembled into the upright, it gets sent out to this company that does a special hardening process. Mm -hmm. So that track is actually harder than our paddle. So it won't, it does not wear out at all. 
I mean, there's, it used to kind of get gouged a little bit over time and you have to clean it up. And there was some maintenance there because the track was softer than the paddle, but now it's actually the Brunel hardness is at, I think 620 wow. on the track and our paddles are 550. That's crazy. So that's, it's those details. And we were talking about that and that kind of made us aware that it's time to put out some content on the falling tree. And that stuff's, that stuff's tough to, to explain to customers because you're going to have customers that just, they don't understand. And so now you're getting into a, you know, lesson on Brunel hardness, which you don't want to do. So how do you explain right. that in layman's terms and something quick enough that people can see and understand within a few seconds? Um, it's definitely something worth worth explaining to people because it shows that you guys are willing to go an extra step to make something even better for people. You know, we've done some, uh, you know, some internal improvements to the Neomag over the last couple of years. And I've not really shown or explained that to people, even though I, I guess it'd be nice to show people, Hey, we're, we are still continually five years later tweaking things to try to make this better. Even if it's not seen, uh, but it's, but it's also difficult to do. Uh, yeah. And that's, you, you know, when I'm, when I'm on the range and I'm talking to the camera, you know, Ridge has been pretty good at pointing out when I'm going down the rabbit trail of, you're going into too much tech because yeah. it's easy for us to be tech nerds. And so what I've been doing in my, my latest videos is I don't talk much about any of these points. I mean, when you watch the final edit on the fall entry, you'll see it. If you're a very tech savvy person, you want to know all the nitty gritty stuff. My talking points aren't going to be, they're not going to excite you as much as, as what you would want. They're not going to give you everything you want. But then I have after effects that I come in and I, I pull up graphics and tell the info and stuff as it's over B roll. So it, it gives the info and then the website has the info because most people aren't paying that close attention to every little detail. And that's just generally what I've been finding because I used to go through every spec and it would make my video 20 minutes long mm -hmm. and people would watch five minutes of it. And then it begs the question, okay, cool. You've got awesome info, but you know, there's definitely other ways to, and some of that is supplemental content where I may not bash people in the, the main video about all these specs, but then I have other videos we shot on the range where they'll go out on Instagram, they'll go out on Facebook and they're smaller and easy to digest things, pointing out things like that hardened track. Yeah. So it, I think some of it's just, you know, not overwhelming in one piece of content and then keeping the message going constantly, you know, as we're moving forward. So I actually started doing a video a couple weeks ago and and not not using any of the footage just because I realized afterwards that I needed to kind of polish it up a little bit more. But basically for our sentry strap, it uses elastic Velcro and neodymium magnets are the components of it. And 
you know, one of our most common uh, complaints from trolls really is, oh, you know, $35 for a piece of Velcro. And one, it's not just Velcro. So it just explains, it, it usually goes to show that they have no idea what they're looking at and commenting on. They haven't even taken a minute to go to the website and, and look at it. But even more than that, it is, uh, it, it makes me want to really take the time to, I, I've never really explained what goes into making the sentry strap. The quality of materials that we use are not something that you can go to Joanne Fabrics and buy. In fact, it'd be really difficult as just uh, just as an average show to get a hold of the materials that, that, that we use. Like even our even our textile company that makes these has to go through some extra steps to get a hold of the quality of materials that we use. So it just, you know, how do I explain and show in a video using layman's terms, the quality that, that, that goes into our product, because I think that's important for people to see that, that, that I know, you know, when I watch a video on, I was, I, I was watching a video the other day um, about Mercedes and it was showing just like the crazy technology that they use and the crazy tolerances that they hold on things like door hinges and all the stuff like that. You know, when you see stuff like that, it makes you really appreciate what goes into it. And suddenly the price that they're asking for these things seems to make sense. You're like, Oh, I can see why that costs that. Cause look, of, that's the stuff we're using. It's, it's not Joe Bob in his garage with a welder. Yeah. This is, you know, so, you know, showing that sort of thing, it's not going to make sense to everybody, but it sure is going to make sense to somebody. And it might be the difference maker, you know, for, for that person. I've, I've done videos in the past, actually last year, one of our most viewed and engaged videos was a, was kind of a time-lapse of showing how our, just how our Neomag clips are made from water jetting the sheet of titanium all the way to assembly, you know, showing it getting cut, showing it getting bent, tumbled, uh, you, know, you know, just all those things that, you know, there's a lot of steps that go into just making our clip. And the response to that video was amazing because people got to see really what goes into this. this isn't, I'm not ordering parts from China here. We're actually hand making this stuff. So just, you know, showing the detail of your products, I think is, is important to do. It's just, it's really tricky to figure out how to do it quickly and simply. Cause I think, I mean, I think it's super cool that you guys are having that, that part hard. And the fact that you're taking the time and maybe it's just cause I know, what what goes into that you are you have to get ahead enough on lead times to be able to keep parts in stock so you can send stuff out so you're shipping things out you're, you're paying for a process to be done you're sh paying to ship it to be back and it's just it's a lot of work that goes into something like that well the cool the the big benefit is we found two companies very close together so the it's no secret we don't have a two million dollar laser tube cutter so we outsource that track to get cut and then when it's cut they remove the negative out of the track which is just the waste material and that company actually trucks it 
to the one which is not terrible probably 20 minutes away so it's kind of neat because we're kind of hands off until right. it's hardened and then it is delivered at our shop which is fantastic you know we don't we don't get the raw material ship it back out yeah and then receive it later so it's kind of streamlined the process but yeah you've got to stay ahead of it then yep for sure but it it's amazing that the difference that it makes doing this extra step and this extra step is very little cost yeah. you know we were really nervous that it was going to be a very expensive thing but it, it it's not so the falling tree prices didn't change, I guess is what I'm getting at. But at the same time, it is money out of your pocket and out of your bottom line. Very, so. Yeah. Yeah. But not, not even enough because we get so many tubes done mm-hmm. at one shot. It's, it's negligible. It's a very That's small cool. amount. And that I was very happy to see that. Cause I was thinking they were going to say these were going to be 10 or 20 bucks a tube right. just to get it hardened. Um, so yeah, it it's those things and we kind of hesitated when we were asking the questions about whether that's possible because it just when you think of somebody taking that much of an extra step in the process of producing a product, it sounds expensive. Just off the top of our head, we were saying to each other, there's no way that you can harden this track and do it efficiently and you know, without running the costs of the product through the roof. But yeah, and then coupling that hardened track with the fact that our tubes are 100% seamless now. There's no weld or anything inside. So it's it's those details that I think it's important that companies are looking at, even if it's not being advertised that you're doing it in the moment, that it's it's things that you're doing so that the product is always getting better. If yeah. possible. I mean, you can't always have a perfect product like a Neomag. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's And so the other tough side of it. So are there tracks out there that aren't hardened? Like, have you been doing that since day one or is that something? Yeah. So we have the initial tracks that we released back in 2017 would have all been, I forget the grade of the steel. But yeah, those were... And we haven't had failures. We haven't had people. I don't have anybody calling us and saying, Hey, my track is destroyed and there's all these problems. So we kind of were, we were kind of coming up with a solution for something that is going to take a long time for someone to experience. Yeah. But, but you saw the writing on the wall. So you wanted to, I want to have products that are as indestructible as possible. Yeah. And that's just it. because my product is literally getting shot. Yeah. That's so any, any time we can make a little tweak, you know, and, and, and make it a little change like that. I want to, it's the same reason we did the 2.0 brackets on the eight app system at the beginning of the year. And because of the process that we use to make those brackets, they cost the same as the old two hole brackets. And again, we were able to make that innovation and not raise the price of the ADAP systems. Yeah. So, so that just adds to the longevity. I guess one reason I was asking is, yeah. So, how do you, it, you know, one of my concerns with showing some of the improvements that we've done is because I know for a fact, if I say, hey, we've made this improvement, 
this is now better because of this improvement we made. I'm now going to have people complaining and people asking for free exchanges because they they have the old version and they deserve the new version. That's better. Like that's what just drives me nuts. I so part of me holds back showing some of the the improvements we're making because I don't want to deal with the customers. You know, I just don't want to deal with the customer side, the, the customer service side of that. And so I just kind of quietly just roll out the new, the new stuff. And yeah, and I understand that that position and the way that it's kind of like people missing a sale by two days. Yep. You, you get the complaints and it's, that's life. But you know, if I go out and buy a brand new vehicle and Ford releases a brand new one in 2021 and I have a 2020, you know, I don't expect to get all of the features of the 2021, you know, at, at some point you, you purchase what you purchase. And, and um, so I, I don't feel bad about it because we're continually improving the product, which actually is going to make it more viable in the market to begin with whether that's people updating, um, you know, updating their systems to the new angles or if they have an old falling tree, it's still working. It's not like it's not, not functioning, you know? So it, I don't know. I could see that. I haven't experienced that yet. I haven't had anybody ever reach out and say, Oh, I saw you made this improvement and it makes me mad that I didn't get that improvement. Oh, when I came out with the type genie Meg. Oh, yeah, um, but it might be because you're. I gotta wonder if if part of it is because your price point is in a realm of very reasonable. You know what I mean? It's it's a lower price product, and I gotta wonder if that makes people assume that. I don't know. You can just uh, send out another one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have no idea. I don't no, know no. the psychology just, behind that. But that was. Uh, I, and I saw that coming too. And that was, that was honestly one of the factors I went into. I just, I wasn't ready yet to come out with, with the type G because I knew the backlash that that was going to cut. Like, and, and the amazing thing is there were people that, that it just, there's people that you aren't going to make happy. And that's ultimately, you know, kind of when I told Dusty, I'm like, listen, these people aren't going to be happy no matter what, because the same people that were like, man, I need something with a stronger magnet. And they had, and this, and they're saying that because they have the original Neomag and they just, they want it stronger. Well, then we come out with the stronger Neomag and now they're complaining that we came out with it and that they bought the original one. It's just like, it's just, I'm going to, I'm going to get on a soapbox here. So, yeah, I just, I would, I would assume that no matter what you do, I'll put it this way. I don't think it's wise for us to ever hold back what's good for our company because there's a couple people sure. that are going to be complaining. They're, they're gonna, it's going to happen. You're not going to eliminate that. Then you're right. The people in my historically that have complained to me about things, there's no way I'm, I'm going to make them happy. I, they're just, that's not who purchases TA targets products. The, yeah. the vast majority of people understand what's going on. And like I said, with the car example, people buy things all the time and then the next new thing comes out. And because we're such a consuming society, we just go buy the next new thing. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, if you really want a type G Neomag, 
it's not that expensive. Just buy one. Yeah. So that's my ad for you for today. <laughs> for all the haters. It's not that much money. But I could I could see with the falling tree example, you know, I, I guess I could see if somebody purchased one of the doubles and they spent like 600 bucks on it. I could understand some frustration, but then it's my job to remind them we don't release garbage to the market yeah. just because we made an improvement. Yeah. Cause this is better. Doesn't mean that doesn't last, mean that the other junk. one is junk. Yep. And on top of that, we stand by the product. So if somebody has a failure and that's kind of how I go about this with everybody, anybody who would have that question or have those concerns is you know, TA target takes care of, of whoever's supporting uh, us within reason. Obviously if you're doing something really stupid, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bend over backwards, but because of that and knowing that we don't release junk, even if you don't have the newest item that we sell, we, we sold the initial one for a reason because we believed in it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's ultimately what, what, what we tell these people. So listen, it, well, it, yeah. If you had an issue with the last one, if it wasn't working for you, which there are quite a few, well, I don't know. there were some people, there are a couple, I can't even think of a number. It was less than a dozen who would comment and say, Oh, my Neomag is uh, my single magnet. Neomag just it never worked for me. So it's been sitting in a drawer for like the last year. And my response is, did you ever reach out to us? Did you ever let us know that it wasn't working for you? Because we would absolutely take care of you, whether it's helping you understand how, you know, how it, how it can work for you. Or at, at or at the very least, we'll refund you and we'll we'll buy it back. Like, you know, you know, for people, it just I don't have any. I don't know. I don't mean remorse for those people because I'm like, we would take care of you, but you chose to not do anything. So don't wait a year to now complain about it. Uh, and if you did reach out to us, then you then you know that, that we're going to take care of you, whether it's fix the product help you learn how to use it or refund you. Those are the basic three things we're going to do, but well, I think it's time to get off this. I'm going to get off my soapbox. And I have a feeling I know what you're about to do. It's time for ice break. Ice break. Ice break. It's time for ice break. Our new favorite fan favorite part of the show. I think I'm just going to hit the mute button and stay quiet the rest of the show. How's that? No, we we got a good one today. So see, that's what makes me scared. I always get scared every time you ask these questions. Because you've you've already got your mind in it. You already know what's happening, and I'm the guy that is like going to bed the night before the podcast wondering what is Greg going to make me do today? The question is if you were a wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song? I saw this, I saw this question. I'm like, I know what it is. I've actually thought about this before. Really? And I feel like you've told me that before. It's going to be total left field. People are going to be like this. Yeah. Never in a million years. You're, you're more like, I think you have better odds of 
winning the lottery than guessing what my entrance song would be. So do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Just go first. Take, it'll, it'll take the edge off. All right. <laughs> Here we go. This is my entrance song, and some of you guys are going to know what this is. You should. Here we go. Jared, you know what you know what movie that's from? I actually don't, but that is like totally unpredictable. Yep. That is Agnes from Despicable Me. Oh, that's the unicorn song. And I can't you chose that. Why did as, you why did you choose that? And as the song goes on, I think it kind of kicks up at even more levels and the bass really kicks in. So I want to get in the I, I want to get in the head. I want to get in the mind of this person that I'm that I'm getting ready to to oh, wrestle. Wow, you you really thought this out, dude. Uh, yeah, I've had this, I've had this for yeah. years. So this, this is kind of psychopathic, isn't it? I want to get in the head. <laughs> I want to be what be, because when you watch these, and, 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 and really, I, I think it, I know the question was if you're if you're like a wrestler. In my mind, this has been more towards like like a UFC fighter. So these you know these guys always come out to this like real tough real you know they're flexing they're coming out and they're listening to something like i don't know you know something real tough and heavy or something like that so i just picture that guy coming out to that and he's like he's all sweaty he's spitting stuff like that and then agnes singing the unicorn song comes on and there's me walking out like hey guys what's up and it's just you know (laughs) and then because here's the thing. Then, if I get in there and waste this guy, that guy just got beat by a guy that came out to Agnes' unicorn song, oh my and he will have to retire. Like he'll never live that down. But if I get beat, yeah, that guy just beat up a guy that came out to Agnes' unicorn song. So it's you see, it's just I see. I see the mindset there. This is like either I'm gonna win or not. The, the, you know, so the song. You know, the song that you come out to can either not matter or it can. And to me, coming out to you know some real tough song, it it it, it doesn't matter. But if you come out to you know something like that, you're you're gonna be getting in that guy's head. He's gonna be he's been coming up to to fight you like just totally thrown off. So, if there's any UFC fighters watching this, or listening to this podcast you should you should think about this you should use that song and then just just you know the only payment greg needs is just mention neomag right before you go on the match just like you can mouth it just put the logo on it you know hit me up let's put the logo on your shorts i want you to come out to agnes unicorn song yep and we'll we'll repost you well greg will absolutely oh i'll post that like crazy (laughs) i'll pay you with my so yeah influencer bucks there you go (laughs) so mine's predictable go ahead and play it but it's a good one all right here's jared's
good song. Yeah. I don't blame you. Come on, start singing. That's, that's I, I get it. That song makes me want to like strut out there, like <laughs> fist, fist pumping in the air. It's so funny because ACDC is not my typical listening experience. It's just not. I went through a phase where, I, you know, I kind of, when I was younger, I, I thought their music was cool. And I was telling Greg before the podcast that then I started playing guitar and I wanted to play some of their stuff and realized wasn't all it was cracked out to be but anyway that song i have many memories i have certain friends in my friend circle that anytime we would be doing something crazy or driving our jeeps or riding motorcycles too fast or, or whatever we were doing it never fails that at some point that song was like blasting oh yeah so it it just if i'm about to do something nuts which if i'm walking into a, a fighting ring the world has gone upside down. There's something terribly wrong and please try to get me out of it. <laughs> but that song would at least get me amped up a little bit. Yeah. While I oh, face sure. death in the eyes. Yep. I get it. I mean, I, I like to, you know, before I would, uh, you know, before like I played, uh, Played hockey and lacrosse in high, high school and college and um i've always been into mountain biking and stuff like that so you know before any of those those things i mean i love to put in something like that you know i i think that song was always in the mix or um yeah just you know something to to get you amped up and pumped up so that's a good one yeah i, I don't think i've ever like i don't think i've ever listened to a whole acdc album or anything like that but well it sounds the same by the time it's good stuff beginning to the end that's the problem (laughs) and most of the songs sound the same but it's it's good stuff though yeah it brings back lots of memories and it it gets me excited to get my jeep back in back in action yeah all right well that was icebreak for episode 70 icebreak it's so corny i can't believe you allowed me to say things like that i think maybe you should come out to that song we'll make a longer version of it i'll have you sing some more yeah i mean i'm again i'm not planning on stepping on in a ring anytime soon but i guess if i have to i might as well might as well come out to something like that so if 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 you and me ever end up someplace that has a ring we now have to like you make a video of each of us coming out to those songs (laughs) (laughs) sounds too complicated that'd be awesome you know one thing totally ran totally random topic but i was just thinking of it because it happened to me again today and i don't know why i'm segueing into this now but you ever have like a habit that you just continually do and you know it's dumb, but you still do it every single time? Because I have one of them and it's driving me crazy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do share. So I always carry so much stuff in my arms. 
I have my camera bag, my backpack, which has my bag gun and my medical stuff. And I've, I've never failed. I have a tablet and my notebook. And so I'm like walking out to the garage or wherever I'm going. Even when I was at the marketing office, this was the exact same way. I always put my keys in the pocket of my hand that's tied up. Always. It drives me crazy. This morning I had two bags and I had my keys in my left pocket and my right hand was holding a million or my left hand was holding a million things and I could not, I had to lay everything down. Yeah. And it's such a frustrating experience. That's pretty much me after, you know, I want to come home from getting groceries. I'm going to try to get everything at once. Well, and it makes me, it just, it's one of those things where if, if subconsciously you have things like that happening where I, I literally know that when I'm picking up these bags, I need to have my, my right hands always free because I'm right-handed and I need to put my keys in my right pocket so I can open doors and function. But yet I always do it backwards. It just made me wonder what other stuff, you know, what other subconscious things in our business, in our game planning or whatever we're doing that maybe we don't know about, but we do it anyway. Or maybe we do know about it, but we just don't ever figure out how to fix it. But I don't know. <laughs> Stuff to think about for all you listeners out there. Yeah. I'll say this, I, you know, do you, uh, it's like there's a, there's a saying that's on the tip of my tongue about that. But like, you know, don't do something because that's just the way it's always been done. Something along those lines. Yeah. That's like the story of business is yep. figuring this stuff out. But so is there anything I, I, I was just thinking about this, um, which not honestly, not a whole lot has changed here. Well, a lot has changed here in the last couple of months. I mean, but as far as kind of not, not a lot has changed here with how we do business really. Um, but I know you guys have had to adapt to your state's rules. Um, I mean, do you guys, do you you see much, I guess, do you see anything, uh, staying the way it's gone and kind of adopting some new things? Or do you think it's going to go right back to how it was as far as like the regulations and things that they well, I, it, I mean, like just closures or, or what, I guess, you know, you guys have been working from home a lot more, right? Um, Some of us. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see it, it going right back to everybody's just going to go right back to how it was with, with working from the shop? Do you see, you know, that kind of being lax a little bit more like, okay, you can, you know, this has gone pretty well the last couple months. So you don't feel like you have to be here every day, all day or. So what we've done, I've worked from home and part of that was at the very beginning of this whole thing, 70 days ago or 75 days, whatever it's been, I had a a very young newborn and you know, when, when we all didn't know about what this thing is going to be, the last thing that I wanted to do, you know, while I was gathering info, I did not want to be interacting with a million people, potentially get something crazy and then give it to my brand new newborn. So 
that's kind of what drove the conversation for me to temporary, temporarily work at home. The other thing that we talked about as a team is if I'm remote and they come and try to shut down the shop, I can continue to do my job. Whereas if, if I was working at the shop and one day all of a sudden they caution taped our building, which they've done to some buildings, they've come in, revoked business licenses in Pennsylvania, shut down water, shut down electric for these businesses. Crazy. And if that were to happen and I then have an officer or something posted outside the shop, I can't go back into the shop easily and get my computer and bring it home. You know, I, I just didn't want to be in that scenario. So I started working at home now it's going to be any day I'm going to be packing my stuff up and going back to the shop. Now our guys in the shop, some of the older guys, Kirby gave them the option to either work or not. I mean, the shop stayed open this entire time. It was smaller staff at the different divisions of the company, but on the TA target side of things, we've maintained our guys through this whole thing because they've wanted to work. Now, technically, if you want to follow the letter of the uh, governor's declarations, we are not essential and should have shut down based on his, what he wanted to see, but we decided not to. So yeah. I'm glad we didn't because there's a list going around right now. It's around a hundred businesses that are on this list that I saw and I started digging into it and confirmed. I didn't confirm every single one, but I went through and confirmed a lot of them. These are businesses that shut down indefinitely now because of this 75-day shutdown or yeah. whatever it's been. So there's businesses that have been around for almost 100 years that are now gone oh, because of this. That's insane to think of. Yeah. And it. so as far as how business is changing for us, it did a little bit. Now our, you know, Jeff is over in Idaho. He's been over in Idaho working from home the whole time. So that was unaffected. Ridge and I worked, started working from home and then we would tag team in my shop some days. And then some days we'd be on the range and I would just keep funneling him range content. He would work on, I would work on some of it. So it, it was a, it was a cool experience for me because I saw how much you can do from home with the right people. If you have the right mindset and you have the right setup, you can do a lot from home, but I am ready to get back to the shop. Yeah. Kind of getting stir crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. So I've been, I've been kind of, again, we've, we've, we've made changes, but it really, it's been, it's all been awesome stuff. Um, you know, I got another CNC machine. I hired another person and um, we got a laser and, you know, so like I was able to bring some more stuff in that's hopefully going to make us more money. And, you know, so that stuff is, has changed. And I think partially because of the COVID stuff. Um, but yeah, we've not really, I've basically ignored any of our like honestly i've not really changed a whole lot the only thing that's changed in my life is not going to things because that those things got canceled um i've continued to to work and to live my life as normal uh it's been interesting yeah <laughs> it, it has and, and and it's it's interesting 
I was scrolling through Facebook last night, which I haven't done in a while, and seeing people posting about how, you know, how they've, how they have been, you know, staying quarantined and they've only been going out for the necessary things. Like they've, they've really taken this seriously. And whether that's for, for their own health reasons, like they should be more concerned. And so they've stayed quarantined or just, they, they watched the the news and it scared them to stay inside. But watching, watching those people like commenting about how, how they're scared to start going back outside and returning to life and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm just kind of looking around. Like I've been outside and going. Yeah, I've, and, I just did a, we did wedding videography and photography a couple weekends back with whatever 30 or 40 people. And, you know, we've, we've played it safer and especially at the beginning. Yeah, no, you for know, sure. We, I think all the be- of us- First couple of weeks, I think everybody was like, all right, let's, let's. There was a weird feeling in the air. You yep. know, the roads around us were complete, literally completely empty. People didn't want to go to get gas. They didn't want to get food. Mm-hmm. And it was eerie. It was a weird feeling. But as things go on and forward and, and we're realizing, I don't see people dropping like flies, you know, it, it, it becomes less and less scary. And then for your business, it, it, it definitely changes things. It just, it, to me, I don't know. I'll put it this way. I'm hoping that this is the black swan event that everybody always talks about that. You just can't plan for these black swan events. They're the crazy things that happen once in a lifetime. I'm hoping that this is it. Yeah. And then the next couple of years from a business standpoint, I'm not even talking politics or anything. I'm just saying as business owners that we can, instead of worrying about breaking quote unquote laws in Pennsylvania to keep our guys having paychecks, which is exactly what we're currently doing rather than worrying about that crap. I just want to grow the business. I want to take care of our team. I want to have influence over the industry and and be a good name and a good face for this industry. I don't want to be, talking about quarantine <laughs> you know, I just i want to go to jeep shows and stuff i'm i'm ready yeah i'll roll the dice I'll, i'm willing to live dangerously with this one yeah and it's yeah I'm, we could get into all of our thoughts stuff on covid which we don't need to right now but uh yeah i, I was i was just curious if it if there's any changes that you guys have made because of this that were like oh this is actually has worked out pretty nice and we should keep going with this. There will be definitely some things I'm not even going to bring them up on the podcast. Cause I don't want to go through the rabbit hole, but there are some things that we talked about that maybe as we develop over the next six months or so, as we're heading into 2021, 20, maybe it's worth talking about, but there are definitely things I, I know for one businesses in general, I think are going to be sitting on more cash than they ever have. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that at least for a little bit, I would say for the next year or two, especially small businesses, they're not going to necessarily reinvest everything. You know, they're not going to, cause a lot of businesses are trying to bring their profits down. So they don't pay taxes. They'd rather invest that money in their business, but then you start off the following year without a whole lot as a nest egg. 
Yeah. And I think that a lot of different businesses are going to approach that differently because the ones that failed either shut down or didn't have the cash on hand to sustain their payroll, their overhead, their rent, their, all these other things. So yeah, I, I think a lot of things are changing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, and I, I also think you, there are definitely going to be businesses that, that need to recoup that, that cash and they're probably gonna be kind of playing it safe, but you also got to probably spend, spend some more to get those sales. And that's been one of my, uh, that's been one of my things. And it's easier to do that when things are going well, but, but I, I started asking around, I'm like, Hey, where can, where can we start kind of pushing some advertising that we've, that we've not gone to before. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it's easy to advertise when things are going well, but it's, it's essential to advertise when things aren't going well. And that's, and that's tough to do. Yeah. It's hard to balance everything and make good, good calls through all the mess, you know, it's been a wild ride. It's definitely yeah. one that I don't think I will soon forget the 2020 year. I will say that. No, I don't think anybody will. And I think when it goes back to quote unquote normal, the decompressed feeling that we're going to feel is going to be insane. I, I just know that there's been this black cloud feeling just on my shoulders as we, as we navigated this mess, there's been really, it's been like a roller coaster. There's been some really awesome times coming through this whole thing. And then there's other times where it's not our new normal and I'm not accepting it as the new normal and it's going to go back to normal. And I think we're going to be, it's going to, normal is going to feel weird, I guess. And it's going to take some time. So. Well, it's definitely going to, I catch myself. So we went to PA this past weekend or for the long weekend. Uh, Our family has a cottage on on a little cabin on uh, campgrounds there. And so we went and it's typically fairly busy that weekend because everybody has a long weekend. So there's a lot of people at the campgrounds that weekend. Wasn't really sure what to expect. And we got there and there's actually quite a few, uh, quite a few people there. And I don't really think I saw anybody in a mask and it it, it was almost, it it was kind of neat really. And I had to catch myself. um, Well, I had kind of got snapped back into reality on our way out. I stopped at a gas station uh, in town and I walk up to the door and there's a sign on the door that said that masks are mandatory inside. And I kind of had to snap out of it because it had been three days of kind of experiencing the old normal because everybody was everybody was doing their own thing and and there's and there are still a lot of people there and uh i mean everybody kind of kept their distance but i wouldn't say any more than usual i mean it's not like yeah before i wasn't like going up to strangers and touching them hugging, and stuff. yeah like, exactly nobody's not, nobody's joe bidening or whatever no. <laughs> like <laughs> creeping it, exactly and and there i mean everybody's like we're sitting on our porch and if people come up to talk to us, they're standing 
you know, off the porch. So everybody's at least 10 feet away anyway, because everybody, I don't know, you have space and everybody's kind of, yeah. So nothing was really all that, all that different there. But uh, yeah, well, when, when I go up to the gas station to go inside to get, get some snacks for the road, it was a mask, you know, a mandatory mask sign. I didn't even bring a mask. I was like, oh, uh, I guess this is still going on. So you kind of, yeah. nobody gets snapped back in there. I'll say a lot of people are listening to it in Pennsylvania, but there's a lot of people not because it's not actually a law. It, that's a topic for another time. Yeah. But it, it was a mess. It is a mess, but we're navigating through as business owners. And I think there's benefits to the fact that we're small businesses at this point. Mm-hmm. There's very obvious benefits, but we had, if we hadn't run our businesses well from the start, we potentially could have not been ready for what, you know, what was coming at least even for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I, I hired Nate, I took him from a multi-billion dollar a year company that he's been furloughed from for the last couple of months and collecting on unemployment. The fact that my little business, uh, stole somebody from a multi-billion dollar business just kind of shows that, you know, the, the, the playing field isn't always as level as you think it is. Sometimes it's good to be the little guy. We fly under the radar, man. We, we make moves and nobody notices until it's too late. It also depends on the, I mean, he worked for a company that, that deals in jewelry and jewelry is pretty bottom of the list when it comes to essential stuff in people's lives. So it also depends on the industry that you're in, but it just goes to show that just because you work for a multi-billion dollar year company doesn't mean that your job's secure. And you know what? I would actually say, and I've worked for a global multi-billion dollar a year company and I got laid off from that company and I watched more people get laid off from that company than any other company that I've ever worked for. Mm-hmm. So I would actually make, you know, I came to a realization that big means you're a small number, you know, yeah. you being able to be vital in that company is much more difficult. Right. So well, the- jumping, jumping in with a small business that's on the up upward trend and growing is it's, it's risky in its own way. But at the same time, when there's only six people, you have a pretty good chance of standing out and making a difference in the company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll lose if you have, I've got two other full-time, there's three of us that are full-time and I got two part-time guys. Like if any one of those people leave, I'm out 25% of my workforce. (laughs) Right. Everybody that's here is extremely essential to the business. Whereas yeah, when you're got hundreds of employees, yeah, you're, you're a smaller number. <clears throat> well, I think we ought to. Yeah, let's get to work. Get back to work. We we got people depending on us. It's true. I cool, mean, good talking to you. Yes. I'll see you next week. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>